Blog Talk Radio. Men and women out there in the medical field 
<clears throat> and auxiliary people that are helping us with COVID. Uh, we appreciate everything you do. Um, tonight's uh, program is dedicated to a young man, 20-year-old uh, Emil Fronte. Uh, Emil wanted to be a fireman from the time that he could walk and talk. Um, on Friday of last week, Emil started his first uh, shift as a, as a trained firefighter and EMT. Um, they started their shift at, uh, at 1,700, and at uh, about uh, 2,200 hours, uh, they got their first call. Um, they came back from the call. Um, they w- wiped down the truck. Uh, they all turned in for good night's sleep. And at 7 o'clock in the morning, um, he was found dead in his, his bunk. Um, he evidently had a heart attack from all the excitement of being on the job. Uh, unfortunately, for being the first day on the job, um, the county, county uh, up in uh, Georgia, which is uh, St. Mary's County, is going to pay for funeral arrangements. But there isn't—he uh, had no ability to start a, uh, a retirement fund. So there is a Go Go Fund uh, started in his name. If you look it up under there, uh, Emil Ferrante. Um, we'd appreciate anything you could do for that family. Uh, on a lighter note, the uh, the waitress is here. Um, yes, ma'am. I'm going to have the um, I'm going to have the uh, sirloin steak, uh, medium rare with mashed potatoes and, and string beans. My friend Mr. Cedo here will have the uh, three pound lobster, and uh, my friend over there uh, sitting by himself, uh, uh, Skipper, will have uh, uh, the clam uh, chowder. <laughs> we'll have we'll have the Dr. Chris special. That's uh, yeah, that's crow fricassee. <laughs> crow fricassee. My God. Like this guy's like a bad case of herpes. You know what I mean? He just showed up out of nowhere. He didn't want him and now he's infected my life. He's coming back and just irritating and irritating. There's no fix. <laughs> Wow. All right, what happened? How did Jake Paul survive? Please tell me. I, I mean, we 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 said Ben Aspen for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, ben Aspen. Yeah. Damn it! Ben Aspen for it. That crow pie is delicious, by the way. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, Aspen took a money grab. He didn't train. He looked. He, I, damn, I look better than that guy. You know. Well, maybe not. But anyway, you know, he walked in there and just got handled. You know, now Aspirin won't go away. He's a crotch itch. You know, this guy, he's just wow. around. And uh, uh, <laughs> he, he's, he's calling out Dana White now because Dana said way back in the day he'd put a million against it. So he's trying to dredge up that pass, you know, get some big money. Right. And, you know, now we've got uh, some 160-pound Hawaiian surfer dude that's calling him out. Go, Hawaii. Aloha. Bring it on. <laughs> you know, bring it on. And then, you know, he's called out Nate or Nick Diaz. Or Nate, I can't remember one of them. Yeah, he's that's happening. I mean, it's just guy. Yeah, he won't. Go, there's no cure. There's no cure for this disease. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I call yeah. Ben Aspen, or uh, that Jake yeah. Paul. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. If there was ever a setup, <laughs> I mean, it just it just was a setup. I mean, it it. it 
I mean, I, I, I was very dissatisfied just because mm-hmm. it wasn't like the results make Jake Paul look good mm-hmm. when he's not. And the one thing I'm going to say is I agree with Dana White made a statement and, and I agree with him. Um, he, he, first of all, he said, uh, he's not going to be doing this, uh, UFC, uh, against this guy anymore. He's, he's going to, uh, uh, you know, they're just dealing with, they're under contract and he's going to stipulate that they can't fight him. Um, mm-hmm. but what he said is, is just like, he's like, you know, I'm tired of this guy Tell him to go fight a boxer. Right. And I agree. I agree. I mean, for, you know, the one thing I can say is this. When um, Frank Mir and Stevie Cunningham, these are two guys, professional guys in their realm of profession. Not only right. that, they've established themselves champions. Um, and the way that was set up, you have a guy with a 70-pound advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, is something in and of itself. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm beginning. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it doesn't matter. Sometimes it doesn't come to what you do against a guy who's 70 pounds heavier. Not only that, he has the uh, height advantage. So, I mean, that's, right. that's different than Jake Paul picking on smaller guys who don't box. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, I mean, it's, it's a farce. Well, you're going to have a chance to uh, talk to Mr. Cunningham tonight. Uh, he's coming on at uh, 8 o'clock. And uh, um, we'll uh, we'll have a chance to talk to him about that. Yeah, you, uh, did you see any of that fight? See, with uh, the only Stevie and Frank Man. Yeah, he's been, yeah. I saw I saw the whole yeah. thing. And to oh, be okay. honest, it looked like Stevie was carrying Frank to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, understand yep. he's been off for about four years, but it looked like he wasn't putting certain his, his certain dimensions together that he. It looked like he could have. He could have easily right. just dealing with bo- boxing and and that mm-hmm. Frank Mir. I mean, he was trying to be quick handed for you know just throwing right. coming straight throwing quick you know punches mm-hmm. straight punches. Mm-hmm. And that I mean Stevie started doing a good job. I thought Stevie could have really gone to the body more after uh, especially with that straight right when it was successful. Mm-hmm. But he just kind of it just seemed like he kind of coasted. Didn't want to you know put himself out there too much. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. A guy with 70 pounds heavier, you don't want to put yeah. yourself out there. But, right. I mean, it's like uh, this kind. Yeah, the, the one thing that struck me was that uh, if you look at, at Stevie from his last fight four years ago, you look at him now, uh, the only thing difference was the beard. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's just, he's, you can tell he's been training. I know he was training with his nephew, and we'll talk about that later on tonight, but uh um, I know that he has been training his nephew up, uh, you know, up in Pittsburgh there. So I guess we'll see where that's going to go. Um, Bob, uh, Robert Whitaker dominated. He, he, he put on a clinic. I mean, he, he looked really good. Uh, I mean, just everything that he put, uh, <clears throat> Together now he didn't get the knockout he didn't get the you know submission but he outscored him on just about everything that they did so that was fantastic um, and again you know we talked about last week if Kelvin Gaslam went forward uh, what it would mean but uh, um, yeah he just he just straight up outperformed him so that was that was a fantastic job on Whitaker's side 
Mm-hmm. I think 169 total strike or 303 total strikes, mm-hmm. 169 landed versus 70 landed of 218. Uh, 150 significant out of 284 versus 62 of 209. Whitaker mm-hmm. in there with uh, 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 four successful takedowns versus uh, a seven thrown versus uh, Gassum got one out of five. So again, just just outperformed in every round, you know, outstruck, uh, out uh, just outmaneuvered him, uh, got the takedowns. Um, great job. I, I admit I didn't get to see it. I fell asleep. I know, poor me. I'm old. <clears throat> I get up to go sailing in the morning, that kind of stuff. I fell asleep right before Arlovsky, uh, but he did win. So not on the chopping block. Arlovsky survives. Keeps moving forward. Um, good card. I. I fell asleep during the Jacob Malcolm and <clears throat> Abdul Razak uh, card. Uh, Abdul Razak, uh, Al Hassan, he was supposed to come out and do so much better, you know. Um, he ended up losing the decision in the end, but everyone just thought Hassan was going to come out just dominate. So good card last week. Um, Whitaker uh, again looking great. <clears throat> Excuse me, joking on my own spit. Um, but, uh, yeah, so he stays at number one, um, you know, put him back up against uh, Israel Asani and see what happens. Yeah. That's all i got to say about that. But good card. So what do you think, Z? Um, first of all, Whitaker, he, he's a guy who – you know, the takedown, I mean, he's a stand-up guy for the most part. But the guy uh-huh. can, I mean, he he, he, he can wrestle. Uh, I like his I like his hand game, to be honest. I like his hand. He's quick reactive. The, his only poison, really, to me, is Israel and Asani. Um, right. I, I think that awkwardness gives him trouble. The length and the awkwardness of Israel gives him trouble. Um, I, I would like to see him fight uh, the guy who just beat Israel. <laughs> um, I mean, um, I know he moved up, but I would like to actually right. see you know that that uh, their matchup. You know, I know they don't do catch weights or anything, and Whitaker would have to move up. But I mean, that just that you know, just that stylistically, that would interest. Right. Did you see the uh, pay for you uh, numbers on the the Whitaker fight? Eight hundred seventy-nine thousand viewers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, what? Uh, and we talked about earlier offline about uh, Jorge Masvidal. Uh, his his fight tonight. Yeah, that's tonight. That's going to be fantastic. Right. Um, good card tonight. I mean, we got three three title shots tonight. Okay. So um, anyway, let, let me let me give us credit due. We're still in the early prelims. <clears throat> um. Last fight, uh, I can't pronounce the kid's name, but it looks like so wrong. Uh, he lost, <laughs> you know, Z-H-U-R-O-N-G, mm-hmm. uh, Zhu Rong. But anyway, he had his right. hands down. He's one of those guys that was calling him out, uh, this and that, and he got beat by Rodrigo Vargas. Um, we just had a nice knockout um, by Dana Bartagrell, uh, uh, just knocked out uh, Kevin Natividad, um, getting ready for the preliminary cord. Okay, so I'll skip over the preliminary, but tonight, um, last three, our top three fights, well, I'm going to go four deep, five deep, 
um, light heavyweight Anthony Smith against Jimmy Crute. Okay, mm. Anthony Smith's a banger. Um, yeah. That'll be a good uh, good fight. Um, they're coming. You know, these guys are light heavyweight, 205. Mm-hmm. Both tall guys. Um, there's about a seven year age difference. Um, but that'll be a great fight, getting everyone prepped. Then moving forward, at middleweight, Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. I think one of these guys will be on the chop block. Uh, what do you think, Z? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is going to be because they've both been around a while. Uriah Hall started mm-hmm. out really sharp uh, out of the UFC uh, uh, show. Um, was doing great. Yeah. Then he had a fall down, and then he came back against Anderson Silva. One, you know, getting to fight one of the one of the guys you you, you know you you watched growing <laughs> up, kind of thing. Uh, but anyway, Weidman's been around. He's the one you know that took out uh, Silva by checking that kick. Uh, yeah. So this would be a good fight. Um, excited mm-hmm. to see if Uriah Hall can bring uh, what what uh, Anderson couldn't against Weidman. Um, again, we'll, we'll see. Uriah Hall's on his way up. Uh, Weedman's kind of hanging in there. He was champ for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, 15-5-0, going 17-9-0. But anyway, we go into the top three fights, uh, title bout. Women flyweight are, are one of our girls there, Valentina Shevchenko. Okay? Right. Against Jessica Andrade. All right? That is going to mm. be a, a vicious fight. Both tough ladies. Um, flyweight though, man. I mean, so there's going to be so many punches thrown. You know, I, I've always mm-hmm. said, as you know, even before the women got into the sport, uh, as a heavyweight, I'd much rather watch a, a middleweight down, a, a smaller guy, because they throw it's so much more action packed. I mean, it's so much more mm-hmm. is being done in in a short amount of time. A, a heavyweight's just got the the the, uh, the the knockout power, and then. So, and then when women got in the sport, well, you know, women, they fight with emotion. This first thing you got to teach a man not to do. You can't get emotional. You got to keep an even head. You got to be in there. You're just doing a job, man. You're, 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 you're calm, cool, and collective. Uh, you, know, you know, I mean, the adrenaline's pumping. But women, they still come in there with emotion. They're bringing baggage. Man, they come in violent. I love it. So you get lightweight women going, and it's just, you can't beat that. That is, that is fantastic. So tonight, both of these women are, are showing. I mean, uh, Andrade's got a 21-8-0 record. Uh, are, 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 I'm going to go with Valentina just because she's been around a while. I like her. Uh, her sister's in. they training partners. She's 23-0. That'll be a great fight. Um, building on that. Oh, go ahead. Let's, let's see. Yeah, because I haven't even got to the top two fights on that. <laughs> Okay. Hey, guys, we're joined uh, by a, a very special friend of ours. Uh, uh, we have, have enjoyed his friendship for over the years. We, we enjoyed his column for uh, 28 years in the Daily News. Uh, he's an author. He's a sports writer. Um, he's an all-around champion as far as uh, fight games concerned. Um, in fact, his uh, last book uh, it was called Champion Rounds, and he did a, uh, did a fantastic job on it. Um, I can't tell you how many many, many pages I, I've gone back. I've marked and earmarked, and going back, my book looks like a uh, like it did when I was in in high school. Um, it's just all marked up for my favorite spots. But uh, Bernard, how are you tonight? Bernard Fernandez from Philadelphia. Pretty good. How's everything going with you, Frank? Doing great. Doing great. We were on here with uh, Zito and Bob again, and. Uh, 
We have, you know, we, we um, always love to hear uh, your your uh, thoughts on the fight game uh, as it's coming. Uh, um, we we're going to have uh, Stevie on in uh, in a few minutes, but uh, did you get a chance to see any any part of the uh, uh, Frank Mir fight with Stevie? Uh, no, I I didn't I didn't get a chance to see that because um, 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 I had a little bit of a situation um, with um, a relative who was who was ill, so I was. Um, Sorry, but, but um, anyway, you know, I I I always look forward to any chance to to talk to Steve, you know, because mm-hmm. um, Steve not only represented Philadelphia and his family, but you know, he was a uh, member of the United States Navy and uh, was right. a Marine. Corps. I kind of feel we're kind of like cousins a little bit there, you know. Right. <laughs> Great. So, Bernard, I don't know if you knew it or not. Bob's wife uh, is currently in the uh, Marine Corps. Um, she's out at uh, Pendleton. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I spent yeah. some time yeah. at Pendleton. Yeah, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, it, it, absolutely. You know, when you got to Z, you want to go over that, that what you were talking about with uh, Stevie as far as the reach and the uh, and the weight and everything. Oh yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, well, Stevie Cunningham was fighting Frank Mir. Frank Mir is six foot four. Uh, I'm not sure. I forgot his exact weight during the fight, but he had a seventy pound weight advantage over Stevie Cunningham. Uh, Stevie, I'm not sure. Stevie, uh, he might have had the reach advantage. Uh, Cunningham might have had the reach advantage, but um, still, he's fighting a seventy pound, you know, a guy with a seventy pound advantage. So that and when it comes to MMA against boxing, I mean seventy pounds nullifies a lot to T.I. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, well, that you know that's one of the things that uh, uh, with this uh, Floyd Floyd Mayweather, you know, um, uh, I mean, how many pounds is he going to be giving away, uh, you know, in, in the fight when it when it happens? I can't see him going much, you know, going much over one fifty-five, you know, and. Uh, well, that's got to be 40 pounds, right? Sure. Yeah. Floyd <laughs> yeah. Mayweather. Well, well, you know? Yes. That makes up uh, for a lot. Mm-hmm. With the, uh, all of a sudden, uh, there, there's uh, a lot of action out of the, uh, out of the Philadelphia area as far as uh, fighters are concerned. Um uh, there's two two fights. Uh, there's one last night and one tonight. One at the, I guess the Sugar House is doing it. And is it, uh, maybe is that Joey I? You know, doing I, that one? I did. You know? well, once again, I'm dealing with sort of like like a, a medical situation. And uh, okay, okay, yeah, I, I think it's Joey I is doing it. And then uh, um, the girl that took over for uh, Peltz has uh, got one at 2300 tonight. But there's none of the boxers that I had known uh, any of the names or anything like that. So, uh, well, Michelle Rosales, I guess you're talking about, right? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Um, let, me, uh, let me ask you something. As, as far as uh, Andrade is concerned, um, he's got a uh, got a fight coming up with uh, uh, Liam Williams uh, in in three weeks. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one, Bernard? 
Andrade, I, I think, is a guy you know that that gets overlooked a lot because of the division that he's in. You know, and um, uh, he's not as big a name, um, but he's a good fighter. He really is a good fighter. And um, um, so, uh, uh, not to interrupt, that fight already took place. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah well, and, 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 and Johnny won a unanimous decision. He's a fighter. He deserves to get an opportunity, you know, to to you know to fight one of the one of the stars or anything. We're, we're, you know, you see a lot of matchups that you know where you're talking about a, a, a elite uh, type fighter and the guy who's uh, you know who's he, you know, and Andretti, you know, he should. You know, Triple G, um, uh, uh, Canelo, or something like that. I, I'm not really sure. Well, I, I'm not really sure where he fits in there, but it doesn't seem like his name gets brought up for those type of fights very often. Mm-hmm. You see, Chisora uh, is coming back uh, around. Uh, is it uh, five uh, next week, uh, May first? Uh, he's going to fight uh, Joseph Parker. Um, it's going to be an ES- ESPN fight. Uh, what's your thoughts on that one? You remember about a couple of years ago, maybe three years ago, maybe, when the you know the fight that everybody wanted, you know, everybody was talking about was uh, Joshua and and Joseph Parker. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Yes. Who was supposed like the next big deal, you know, and and um, I, di- I didn't stay, you know, I didn't get up at 4:30 in the morning to watch the last fight, you know, from New Zealand. But but um, um, it's like uh, nobody talking, you know, nobody's bringing his name up anymore as as being a factor in the heavyweight division. And I'm not really sure exactly to what extent he does or doesn't. Belong. I mean, I, I still can't really hardly believe that that uh, um, you know Ruiz and Ariola is going to be a pay per view bout. You know, but um, once you get past like the top three names, and I'm not really sure if, if if Wilder still belongs, you know, as one of the three names or something. You know, and and it thins out pretty quickly. You know, and and so I'm not really sure. I mean, you know, as far as where uh, Joseph Parker stands, I'm. I'm not sure. You know, I mean, at, at this particular point in time, you know, I mean, he's probably doomed to be the the heavyweight champion of of New Zealand. You know, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not really sure what 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 that means at this stage. You know, but uh, um, what do you you know what do you think? I mean, you you remember where he was like three years, three and a half years ago? You know, where, where everybody was talking about him being, you know, like maybe right. maybe one of the 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 big guys, one one of the next big guys, and it never happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See? And I agree. I agree with you, Bernard. Um, Joseph Parker. I think it wasn't as much the Joshua fight because you know, up, you know, the bright lights and you're fighting the champ and Joshua huge size advantage. Um, that that kind of brought his stock down. It brought his stock down a bit. I think it was the Dylan White fight that brought his stock down even more. And in that fight, Parker was sort of he was edging things out against Dylan. It looked like Dylan was getting a little tired. Even chasing Parker around, swinging and missing, and Dylan White made a slight adjustment in, in that fight. In, in, around maybe round five, in, in the middle of the fight, he started hitting Parker real hard to the body. Every time he got in there, and started hitting him really hard to the body. And by maybe round eight, 
Parker started breathing heavy, couldn't move, was holding a lot. And as far as strategy-wise, I like Parker. Parker moves around. I mean, for a heavyweight, the guy's pretty light on his feet, pretty quick-handed. He's pretty tough also. He could take a shot. My problem is Parker, in going to the Chisora fight, he's, for a heavyweight, he's not the hardest hitter. And I think that that has a lot to do with his commitment to to the punch. Um, he, he's more opted to move and think maybe defense first before really committing to a, a, his punch. Um, and with Chisora, Chisora's a guy who you need to make him respect you or else he's going to try to truck you. I, I, I see Parker outmaneuvering Chisora, uh, I mean, a whole lot. But Chisora is also a guy who can put pressure on you, who can go to the body, who can, you know, who fights hard, who fights very, very physical. And I'm not sure if Parker likes that kind of fight. You know, you could lose a fight retreating. I mean, the judges, if they see that, you know, you're maneuvering, but you're not really, you're kind of adverse to contact, I mean, that could go, that could work against you. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, guys, we're, uh, we're joined uh, by a guy who was just last week uh, in the ring uh, taking on somebody that was 70 pounds heavier, had a, a reach about four inches more than his reach, uh, yet he walked away with uh, with the win and a, and a very favorable fight, uh, Stevie Cunningham. Stevie, how you doing tonight? Hey. Hey, what's going on? Uh, everything's going doing well. Good. How about yourself? <laughs> Doing decent, man. Doing good. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I was, I was just saying to the guys earlier that, uh, you know, uh, I know your last fight was like four years ago, but when you take a look at, at the uh, at last week and I take go back, I went back and looked at uh, um, box, uh, Boxing Rec to make sure. Uh, the only thing different is it looks like you got your hair grown a little longer and, uh, and you got a beard. But everything else looks like uh-huh. you're about 20 years old. Ready to fight? Oh man, I just stay. I stay working. You know, I always stay doing something. I'm um, I love I love working out, staying in shape. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, the way I stay in shape is body. You know, <laughs> sure. Yeah, at one time you were working with uh, was it your nephew? Um, uh, my sons, my nephew. I train fighters also at our gym, USS Fight Academy. So. Um, I work with all of, I work with all the guys. We got guys from uh, 130 up to super heavyweight that I spar with, and train, and help out. Great, hey, great. This is Bernard Fernandez here. Hey Bernard, how you doing? I'm doing great. How's your family? Everybody's good. You know, one one thing you know, when you talk about Steve when he said you know that he likes to stay in shape, you know. Um, there's a lot that you can draw sometimes and, and a lot that maybe not, not so much when you look at a fighter, enter the ring, and see what sort of condition he's in. And, and I always, when, when Steve moved up to heavyweight, I mean, what did you have to gain, like six pounds or something like that? Because it doesn't have, I, I don't know if there's such a thing as a typical fighter's body, but, you know, but Steve, you could, you know, he looks like a guy who was in the Navy because he's got a swimmer's body. He looks like an Olympic swimmer. No, we, you know, with with like like lean muscles, you know, and and you know, um, physically, you know, looks more like Michael Phelps, you know, than than Michael Spanks, you know, or or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, and and um, it always seemed to me that that this is a guy who probably is going to go from 
cradle to grave, you know, and, and be in shape, you know. Mm-hmm. Was there ever a time, Steve, when, when, when you were not, when you didn't look like you should be on the cover of men's, uh, men's uh, uh, physical <laughs> magazine? Uh, no, nah, man. I mean, <laughs> man, I've I never been out of shape, man. I, I, like, especially not out of um, physical, I mean, uh, visual, sorry, there you go, visual shape. You know, I, I've been out of shape where I couldn't go as many rounds as I wanted to. Actually, I discovered that. I, I did that one time after an amateur fight, and um, I didn't like the way I felt. I didn't like the way I felt. I took, I, I fought one weekend, one Saturday as an amateur, and took off like two weeks, trying to be like everybody else. You know, everybody else did it, so hey, I'm gonna take off. I'm not going to the gym for a couple weeks. And when I came back to the gym, I felt like trash. I mean, I was like, I do not like the way this feels, and I'm like, I would never feel like this again. So I never took days off. I never took week weeks off after a fight, even as a pro. That's just the way I, the way I've been. You know, one thing I, I know that you guys are aware of was not that very long ago, um, saw a story, I think it was probably on ESPN, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the website, uh, with Tyson Fury. And, you know, Fury's been in a couple of times with Wilder. He, he got, you know, he got cut by the uh, uh, by the Swedish uh, fighter, you know, I mean, pretty bad over the – and he said, "What was your toughest fight?" And he said, "Steve Cunningham." He still he still cites yeah. you as the toughest fight he ever had. And you put his big butt down, you know. And uh, um, yeah, that that uh, that's awesome right there. You know, the the hard work we put into that camp, you know, showed you know paid off. You know, I'm sorry. Um, shout out to brother Nazem, rest in peace. The uh, the push he puts on you. To be great, you know, you 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 only gonna be great. You're only gonna do good, even in a loss. I did awesome, you know, against a guy nobody gave me a chance against. So, um, and theory recognizing that is a and saying it in the public is awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, beyond awesome, man. It's like vindicating, actually, you know. So, it's hey, man, yeah. that it sets me apart. One other thing you mentioned, Nazim. How uh, how hard was it for you? I mean, you know, we 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 lost. Not only a great trainer, but but a great guy. When when Nazim passed away, you know, what I mean, how, how did how did that hit you? Uh, man, maybe like like I lost a, a older brother, man. Like I lost a father figure. Like I lost an uncle. You know, like like I lost a family member. It um it hit me hard. You know, it hit me real hard. Still still is hitting hard. Stevie, you fought an awful lot of uh, really good uh, fighters. Uh, Tom, Thomas Demick, uh, Mar- uh, Marco Tuck, uh, Antonio Tarver, and we talked about uh, Tyson Fury. Of, of those, which did you feel was was the uh, toughest fight that you had? My toughest, uh, my toughest fight outside of uh, you mean Marcus Thomas Demick. Thomas Demick wasn't a hard fight. It was. It, you know, it wasn't hard to fight Tomas. He was an easy target. You know, his chin was his defense. Um, Marco Huck, Marco Huck was hard only in watching his tapes when he fought other guys. When I got in there with him, I was like, oh, it wasn't wasn't that hard. You know, the, one of my hardest fights I had was Guillermo Jones. 
you know, when I mm-hmm. fought Guillermo Jones, he was he was he was about he was my height, arms were long just like mine. He's had he had more experience than me, and he uh you know he fought for world title in the lower weight class before and at cruiserweight also, and um he he was crafty, tricky. He just didn't have the endurance I had, you know, and that's what got me to win, you know, over over mm-hmm. over Guillermo Jones. You know, my endurance I kept going, but. Uh, he was, uh, I, th- I think he was the most difficult fight I had as a professional. Mm-hmm. Yes, Stevie, we have a uh, we have a caller on the line who says he's a friend of yours. Uh, you want to go ahead, caller? Hey, I got a bone to pick with you, Stephen Cunningham. Uh-oh. Hey, who's this? So, no, no, well, first off, who's this? So, you're USS, you rock in my book. Not bad. Not bad at all. So, you beat Frank Mir up, and you fought Tyson Fury, former cruiserweight champion. I challenge you to a hot dog eat-off and some Call of Duty. Oh. You want to try that? You want some of that? I don't think you want none. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm cool. That's the, it's Benny, big this is the big dog, Benny Henderson yeah, Jr., and I challenge yeah. you. Yeah, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on? Uh, what are you doing, my brother? Man, congrats, man, on beating Frank Beer. One of my, what? Actually, one of my favorite, my favorite fighters in MMA. You beat him up. I'm like, this is wrong of you. I liked him, yeah. and you beat him up, and and it's not nice. I mean, really, he he just wanted to fight, and you like really beat him up. I mean, so he crossed over, and you made him cross back. Uh, he's uh. <laughs> Nah, he's good, man. He um, you know, he's good. He wanted he tested the waters out here, and um, you know, it is what it is. You know, it no, was, man, uh, I just you know, I didn't, I didn't, man, I didn't try to kill him. You know, no, you spank, just spank him a little bit, made his eyes kind of puffed up, and. And I'm like, you know, I like both of the guys, but I've known Steve for a long time. A great guy. And I have a funny story about Steve Cunningham. I got to tell this. Um, <laughs> a long time ago, uh, we did Call of Duty or whatever online. And um, what was it? We're doing zombies. What was it? Remember the whole zombie? I don't know if you remember that. And uh, yeah. I, I kept getting killed like every two seconds. So they had to revive me. <laughs> and after after yeah. that, Steve never asked me to come back and play with him again. And um, no. I've gotten so much, I've gotten so much better. I've gotten so much better, but he was like, "Nope, not this guy. No, no." no sir. Nah, man. Nah, man. You're <laughs> but I love very liability. But I love Steve Cunningham, and I'm not gonna keep you guys. I'm gonna get off here. I just want to say, Steve, congrats, man. I love you guys. I give my love to Livy and the family. And uh, I really yeah. do challenge you, man. So you think you're tough? You and me, buddy. Let's do some pizza or like um, something. Heck, we gotta eat because I'm fat. I might kind of win that. No, yeah, that's okay. only way. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Hot dog. I'm with you. Yeah, Steve. Steve brought that. He's brought that up and brought you into the to a circle here and tried to to do that. I will show you a picture that I have of uh, Mr. Henderson with uh, some ladies of waiting that were on strike in uh, L.A. when he and Bobby were out there doing a uh, doing a show. And uh, yeah, he, the two of them were, were uh, on the picket line with the ladies. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> well, I'm all for I'm all for the ladies. Just my wife, by the way. Just my wife. Just in case she's listening, I'm not getting beat up. I'm just for my wife. But I'm all for picket lines, and I'm all, I'm all for you know. I'm just um I'm just all for everybody. We listen. You know what we need in this life, Steve. You, me, but Bernard. You know what we need. We need love. We don't need hate. Right. We need love. We need understanding that we are all human beings. It, there's no such thing to me as, as, you know what? We're all humans. We're all brothers and sisters. Let's love one another, hug one another. Steve, I want to come see you, and you're going to buy me something to eat because you got the money because you beat Frank Mir, and <laughs> I don't have that money. I just, you know, I'll take you to Dollar Tree and buy you something nice, but you take me to Sonic, and we'll do something really good for one another. There you go. Right. I know you wanted All to right. say something to Bernard, too. Bernard? Yep. I want you to know something, brother. I don't know if you remember me. You are you are one of my inspirations in writing. You were such a great guy. You were the guy who brought me in um, in, 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 in writing. I followed you, and what was it? It's been many, many years ago, and um, I sent you a message, um, email, you know, back back in the day. We don't – before we had – you know, what was it, text and rotary phones? But um, I asked you, hey, I said, hey, I want to be a part of um, the Boxing Writers Association of America. And that's when you were president. And you you brought me on. I didn't have to do auxiliary or anything. You brought me on as a full-fledged member and gave me like four free months without paying. And um, you were one of the reasons who really, you're, you're my hero for that, and I thank you so much. I, I love you. You're a great person. Uh, you probably don't remember it, but I do, and thank you so much for that. You know, exchanging emails, you know, back back in the day, when I first started writing, the people communicated with cave paintings. You know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, back I in the Andrew era. Hey, you know, and one thing before you, before you leave, you know, because, you know, Steve's on, but one of the things that I, I wanted to, to ask him about was the night in, in Bethlehem, you know, not oh, yeah. Bethlehem over there, but Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, December twenty third, uh, two thousand twelve. I've seen some bad decisions. I've seen probably worse than uh, the rematch with you and uh, Ademic. But I looked something up, yeah. and a- after the fight was over, we're wandering around, Joe Sanlaquito and, and and me. And we ran into Ziggy Rosalski, who is uh, Ademic's Polish co-promoter. And um, uh, in a moment of rare candor, you know, about an hour and a half after the fight, he, uh, what he said was, you know, Tomas got an early Christmas present. And he, even his own guys didn't think that he won the fight. Um, so, you know, dubious decisions are endemic in boxing. I don't think they're ever going to go away. You know, that's why um, – you know, you always like to try to take care of business so the people with the pencils can't, you know, kind of screw it up, you know. But um, um, I know B.J. Flores uh, said, you know, I, he didn't see how any reasonable person could have scored that bout for Ademic, you know. Steve, how, you know, like in terms of outcomes that, that you know, you knew that you, you you had to believe that you won that fight, how did it feel when, when, when they – Raised Ademic's hand again. You know, I mean, you know, that had to be that had to kill you. Yeah, it, it uh, man, I was, I was, I was destroyed, man. Like, 
Like, I had already been robbed a few times, but not a few, but like three times before that. And um, I I just felt, when they when they first announced it as a draw, <clears throat> me and Brother Najim were already like, shit, you know, because we're like, no, there was no way near a draw. Then they came back and was like, hey, we're, we're recalculating scores. We made it, somebody made a mistake. I was like, yeah, you know, about time they're getting it right. And um, because that fight, that, that rematch was very special to me. You know, I waited four years for that rematch. I um, After our first fight, I, I went and won the IBF Eliminator to become his mandatory so I could fight him again to get my belt back. And he went to heavyweight. So... Mm-hmm. <clears throat> that you know that 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 had me wait a little longer. So I went to heavyweight, and main events was was really itching for that fight to go down. So I fought one heavyweight fight, and then it was fight Adam. So I was like, all right, cool. You know, hey, I I, I waited four years because I knew the mistakes I made. You know, I knew I could beat him, and we got there. We did it. A, a good clean victory, and so when they came back and said, "Hey, we messed up the scorecard. We're going to retaliate them," you know, we were like, "Yeah, they're getting it right." And they come back with a split decision win, or whatever mm. for, for Adamus. Man, I just left the ring because I was I was so mad. I, I didn't want to do anything stupid, you know. Mm-hmm. So I left the ring. I just left. You know, it was ridiculous. It was. That, I think that was the one of the one of the most obvious robberies in my career. That's that's top one or two mm-hmm. out of like six. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was a tough night, particularly coming, you know, um two days before Christmas. You know, what I mean uh, and, well what also made it tough too was we were in my home state. I was close to home. Yeah. You know, I was we were we were in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. We weren't in New Jersey where the Polish uh, fan base was. You know, we were right. in Poland. We were in Pennsylvania. You know, Pennsylvania. Yeah. you know what I mean? So I, I can't speak to the home. And it wasn't even, it wouldn't have even been home cooked. <laughs> Z, do you have any yeah, questions for Stevie? Um, actually, I had a few comments, actually. Stevie, um, when did you ever, I mean, really, for the majority of your, I guess, the the back end of your career, um, you, you fought guys, always fought a guy heavier than you. Yeah. You know, you moved up from cruiserweight, and, you know, some guys, like even like if you think of Evander Holyfield, he, he might have outweighed a guy or two. Um, Burt Cooper, I'm thinking. Um, but. You you seem to just you know you went and you handled heavier guys. Um, I, yeah. I was there when you, I was at you know press row when you fought Amir Mansoor. And, oh yeah. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And you know you talk about conditioning. I mean that conditioning and being calm. It looked like you know brought you through and won the fight for me. Um, yeah. But against Frank Mir, to be honest, to me it looked like you were carrying. It looked like you hit him to the body once with a nice, good, straight right. And it looked like yeah. you were like, I could do this anytime. And and you seemed to just kind of coast through when, when I thought you could have, um, you know, put a little more on him. 
I understand he's well, still a guy had a 70-pound advantage. That's, you know, something you want to be careful of. But, I mean, you look like you clearly could have handled him, like, a little harder. Indeed. <laughs> I mean, look at it like this. What What's the headline going to be if I knock Frank Mir out? You know, mm-hmm. what What would be the reaction? Would it be, oh, man, C. Clam's great. You know, everybody knew that's what I could do. Everybody knew I could do that. Mm-hmm. This is his guy's first fight. He's not a boxer. He wasn't even a, a hands guy in the MMA. You know, he wasn't yeah. a stand-up guy in the MMA. He's a submitter. So, and we saw how he looked, just big and slow. So, it's like, what do I gain out of stopping, out of beating the snot out of Frank Mayer for six rounds and stopping him? What do I get? You know, like, because he wasn't going to fall in the first two rounds, and he didn't have to no. be beaten. He's a champion. He kept coming, and like, I don't gain anything. I, I I actually probably think I lose fans for beating a guy up like that. You know, it's just like, come on, man, what you doing? You know, uh, there's a point where people want to see blood. Yeah, people want to see this. They want to see that. But people didn't want to see that, really. If it went down, then, then I'd have been the bad guy, you know. So I, I did what I – I went in there and just went the rounds, you know, touched him here, touched him there, showed everybody, yeah, this is what I can do with a few combinations. And, 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 you know, let Frank live. You know, it's like, you know, man, we're, we're both older. We're, no, we're both, um, you know, fighters, war-torn fighters. But we both are going to put on the show. And Frank was trying to get me, you know, but yeah. I just showed the I just showed the, um, that there were levels. You know, there are completely levels. I could have used one hand completely. <laughs> did, did Frank Mir pose any problems uh, for you? I mean, did, can you tell us any problems he, he posed if he did any? Not not that he posed a problem. He could have, you know. He could have. With his weight and his strength, he was strong, man. He hit me. And that last round, he hit me to the body, and that thing hurt, you know, when I was up against the ropes. But, uh, I mean, outside of that, there wasn't anything that made me be like, oh, outside of this guy, he doesn't know how to use his weight in box as a boxer. You know, he doesn't know how to use that. He doesn't know how to put his weight behind his punch. So there really wasn't an inherent danger outside of the look of it, you know, but any, you know, at heavyweight, that dude's 270, you know, a good clean yeah. shot will get you out of here. I don't give a damn who you are, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so defense is on point. Hey, Steve, let me, let me ask you this, because uh, they've got this deal, Logan Paul, and, and going to be fighting probably what at like one 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 ninety and Floyd's going to be what one fifty something, so that's like yeah. you know, forty pound weight difference. But he's Floyd Mayweather. He's also forty five years years of age, and he's very protective. And you know, uh, I, I guess it'll be called an exhibition. And even if somehow or another he gets nailed and goes down, and it, you know, it, he's not going to consider it a loss. But he's very protective right. of zero on his on his one loss record. Um, but he'll make a lot of money, and that that's important to him. It's important to any professional boxer. What are your thoughts uh, of maybe some between your fight with Mir and Floyd taking this fight with Logan Paul, you know, who who uh, is, uh, I guess, a social media sensation but has not really established himself against a legitimate professional boxer yet. And they don't get much more legitimate than Floyd Mayweather. No, they don't. I mean, Floyd's going to. Floyd's gonna play with him and, and 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 you know entertain, and but Floyd's gonna get Paul out of there. You know he'll get him out of there. There's you know there's the levels are different, completely different, and and 
it's uh you know it, it'd be good for people for Floyd fans to see how he does it. you know that's the good part about it. I mean there's an advantage in size and strength, but <laughs> to train to the trained fighter like Floyd or, or also myself, size doesn't mean anything in the ring. You know it really doesn't. You know like I mean I think I've proven that. I think I've even proven that a bit in the Fury fight. Uh, if, if Fury was was penalized for his um, illegal tactics, you know, that's a disqualification for him, not a KO win for him. But it, it is what it is. But I fought in that two Vicinia, 270-something pounds, stopped him in the eighth. Uh, I mean, all, all the guys I fought were big, but those guys, Vicinia, Fury, um, Mir, they were, they were extremely heavy. So it doesn't, it just depends on, you know, how much heart you have, how much faith you have in yourself and in your skills. You know, I can handle this, dude. I know what to do, you know, and you just go in there and do it. So Floyd, of course that's Floyd. You know, Floyd's going to go in there and handle this. It is one, there's one other question I'd like to ask you that I think that a lot of people would like to know about, and that is when you fought Ademic in that second fight with yeah. the with dubious decision. Um Promotionally, you you were you had you were with uh, Kathy Duva in main events, and so was Ademic. So she had both yeah. fighters. Now we've seen we've seen fights like that where uh, various promoter. It happens a lot. It used to happen a lot with Don King. It happens with uh, with with Aram. But Kathy had both fighters in that particular fight. But you remember when uh, when Nord Hopkins fought Felix Trinidad? Uh, Don King was in the ring waving Puerto Rican flags and everything. He, he couldn't have announced any more if he'd grabbed a microphone and said, you know, v-, well, actually he did, Viva Puerto Rico, you know what I mean? And right, and right. Uh, Hopkins had to know that he was the B-side of that of that fight, and he fought like it, you know what I mean? You know, he wanted right, to get right. the guy out of there and not leave it in the hands of the judges. But how how does it feel for a fighter when, you know, when he's promoted by the same guy as his opponent and it seems like perhaps, and I'm not saying this was the case with Kathy, but when it uh, it may be that it seems like like uh, the promoter might consider the other guy the A side. I mean, well, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, we completely believe it was that type of situation, you know, where the promoter kind of wanted. Adam to win. The promoter helped Adam to get the decision. I mean, really, if you go again, you can. This is on YouTube. You can go look at. You can go look at the fight, right? Um, after they announced. After they announced the the draw, and then they announced, hey, hold up, we got to recalculate the scorecard. The camera panned over to Kathy Duva and the Philadelphia, I mean, the Pennsylvania Boxing Commissioner, Greg Sir. Both of them with the scorecard erasing and writing down. So, so, and I saw this a couple of days after and it's like, wow, are you serious? You know, the promoter and the commissioner are the ones fixing the scorecard, you know? So, um, Oh, Oh, no doubt. No doubt. They wanted Adamic to win. I mean, let's look at it. Let's look at the numbers. Adamic for Vladimir or, or no, the Adamic for Vitaly about a year or two before. And they were bringing him back off of that loss to fight Vladimir. Everyone was looking for somebody to challenge Vladimir. Uh, they wanted they wanted Adamic to challenge Vladimir. That was for I think the IBF number two spot or something like that. Uh, so it's like who better to fight Vladimir than the than the tested 
heavyweight, cruiserweight slash heavyweight, who's been a heavyweight way longer than Cunningham, who all who actually gets knockouts. You know, Adamick was like a knockout machine. Uh, Adamick also weighed. You know, he was he looked like a legitimate heavyweight, what two twenty or something like that. But do you want or do you want Steve Cunningham, the guy just coming up to heavyweight? Barely making, not even making 210. I'm 205 or 204 fighting anatomy. You know? And I didn't get a lot of knockouts. And let's add the cherry on top. Anatomy filled stadiums in Jersey and Pennsylvania, you know? With the pool expanded. So we knew what it was. We knew exactly what it was. And uh, we looked at the tape and saw what we saw. We already felt what we felt. We knew about, you know, the, the. the push was behind Adam for main event, and we knew what it was. It, you know, it is what it is. It's one of them things that sometimes you got to deal with. Well, the fight was in Bethlehem, which is, like you said, in, in not exactly your backyard, but pretty close. But Ademic, right. uh for a time, was like the house fighter for main events at in the, in the Newark at the Prudential Center, you know, and right. and, and they always yep. drew yep. – Big, a big uh, turnout of uh, Polish American fans, you know, and Polish expatriates or whatever, you know, and and so from that standpoint, you know, um, he might have been the house fighter because not not because of Bethlehem, but because he had a, a, such a, a big following in uh, in Newark. Well, I mean, know? I mean, also one of the judges was a Polish judge. Uh, I forgot her name, and it's like, wow. Of course, we look at her scorecard. And of course, she scored it for Adam. So. You know, you you have things against you. You know what I mean. Certain fighters get get this, and certain fighters get that. And I was just one of those fighters that got that. You know, and that that, that was my career. So, but overall, everybody knew me as a fighter, a good fighter. They seen the robberies. They were obvious robberies because they had to be because Adamic couldn't beat me with you know with three arms, and and. Uh, Shoot, he barely beat me with three knockdowns. You know, one judge had me winning that fight. <laughs> so it is what it is. You know, some fighters need help. I never needed help. I never asked for help. We never got help. So everything, every belt that I have, every victory I have, every accomplishment that I have, we earned it. Nobody gave us nothing. We took it. Hey Steve, we, we've seen you on uh, on TV with uh, ESPN and and the other sports uh, channels um, doing commentating. Are you going to continue that? Oh yeah, that's the goal. That is the goal. I've been doing uh, right before COVID. I was working on a contract with FS1, mm-hmm. and uh, we kind of got denied. We got a, we got a green light, and COVID hit. So then the, the producer. Kind of got let go, so it's kind of like we got to start over, you know, with a new producer. You guys know how that goes, but right, um, right. And 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 now there still isn't the opportunities of going to the big guys, you know, Lennox and right. Sean Porter and those type of guys. So you know, which is understandable, you know, because there aren't that many shows now. Right. So uh, hey. so what I've been doing is I've I've been doing uh I've been commentating like. Smaller shows, you know, like in the Philadelphia area uh, for Rodney Rice. He puts on boxing matches like once every month. And uh, he's like, hey, Steve, I can't really pay you a lot, but, you know, it would be cool. And, and being as though I know Rodney and 
you know, we've worked together. He's he's brought his guys to spar me a few times in my career, and I need to practice. I uh, I just go ahead, you know, take a, a serious pay cut, but it's not even about the pay. It's just about staying staying hot, staying busy. Mm-hmm. Good. Hey, Steve, just so that uh, you know, all our, your your fans that listen to the show uh, remember uh, you leaving the ring one time because your wife was was having a baby after the fight and flying right up there and, and the baby uh, having a, a medical problem. Uh, can you let the uh, let our audience know uh, how she's doing? Uh, yeah, uh, Kennedy's doing great, man. She's doing great. She's pretty big, about to be 16 this year. Um, oh, wow. Awesome. Just, um, you know, growing. She she does have, a, you know, uh, she's delayed a bit because mm-hmm. uh, there was some, like, brain damage. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, just her staying at the hospital for so long and all the complications. But, right. but she's going awesome though. Going awesome. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Hey Steve, uh, one of the one of the best nights that, that, that I ever had in boxing was the night in New York when you and Levy and, and Kennedy were there and, and uh when you got the uh when you and Levy got the most courageous award for or I, I guess it went to Kennedy. But, but, no, but um, yeah. your whole was you know all three of you were there um, for the boxing writers dinner and and uh, that was was really great you know um, for all of us you know who were there that night it was a special occasion. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was a special night. <coughs> Very special, special for our family, special for the fans who uh you know all the fans really helped us get get here to Pittsburgh to um be here when we got the call. That was all it was all such a special uh, movement, I'll call it. <laughs> you know, and mm. shoot, the boxing world moved. I mean we got we, we got funds and help from boxing fans all around the world, man. So for, you know, we got that um we got that award, man. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Good. Good. It was beautiful. Hey, Z do you have a last question for Z for Stevie? We don't keep him too long. Oh, oh one no, last no, one. But... Sorry, hey Steve, I haven't talked to you in a while, so you know I'm I'm sorry if I'm just inundating you with uh, with all these questions. But um, Jamel Herring, uh, Marine Corps veteran, you served proudly in the Navy. Um, when you do any commentating or, or, or following, seeing a fighter or anything like that, and you know that this person or this uh, other fighter, you know, is uh, is a veteran of the United States military, do you know? Do you maybe you know, kind of pull for them a little bit, you know, because uh, of your shared experiences? Yeah, no doubt, of course. You know, Jamil, yeah, we're pretty cool. Uh, he actually sent me a message after my fight um, uh, uh, this weekend, last weekend. But, um, yeah, we're pretty cool. I know that I totally pull for him because I know what he's going through. I know, you know, I just know what type of guy he is. I know what he's made of, you know, um, I know he's going to do his best, best, you know, and then beyond that, because of his military, like, training and, you know, which is basically like the same mindset, <clears throat> same work ethic <clears throat> and drive, um, and, and you know, hey, he's a champion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. Yeah, that's it for me. Did Say you... hello to Liv for me, okay? Yeah, will do. Thank you, Bernard. Z, do you have a, a, a last question for, for Stevie? No, I just want to thank him and wish his family the best, and wish wish you the best on your uh, ongoing career, commentate and training, you know, all of that. 
All right. Thanks, man. No problem. Appreciate it, man. Okay. Bob, do you have anything for uh, Stevie? Yeah, I do, actually. Stevie, uh, first off, congratulations. This is Bob Gia. Um, I'm on the MMA side of things here, and, and all i got to say is next time an MMA guy walks in your backyard, you send him home packing. Don't be nice. <laughs> yeah, you don't Don't be nice, especially Mir. they got money. <laughs> he's, he's got medical. You send him home bloody. You know what wow. I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I, I, I just wouldn't. I, it wouldn't have sat right with me. You know what I mean? It wasn't. I mean, they took the fight down from ten rounds to six. You know, from ten to eight to six. You know, in order, you know, to keep it safe from here. I'm just like, all right, it is what it is. You know, yeah, it's gonna work. Yeah. I didn't work. Yeah, I feel you. I appreciate you. Thank you, and congratulations. All right, thank you. Okay. Stevie, we want to uh, say thank you very much for all the time you gave us tonight. We appreciate it. Uh, And please uh, say uh, thank your wife for allowing us to have the time. Uh, Bernard, uh, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, And don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, when you're out and you look for something, if you need something to to read, uh, get a copy of Championship Rounds. Uh, It's a fantastic book. It's very easy to read. And it's uh, very enjoyable reading. Um, it's, uh, and it's by our, our guest host here, uh, Mr. Fernandez. Uh, Z, another great job. Bob, thanks a million. A great job. Um, we want to uh, say uh, thank you again. And, uh, Stevie, uh, just uh, if you have anything coming up, if you can just let us know, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll be checking in with you uh, from time to time. All right, we'll do. All right, thanks a million. Have a great weekend. Thank you, guys, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Z, you want to lead us out? Absolutely. Another wonderful show. I want to thank Stevie. I want to thank Bernard. I want to thank Bob. Thank you, Butch. These shows are definitely in memory of Bob, Coach Mel, and Dr. Chris. And if anyone wants to hear any fighting words, please do call. Okay, Bob. Yeah, great show again, everybody. Thanks for tuning in this week. Uh, Thank you for our special guests tonight, Bernard and Stevie. Uh, Again, awesome stuff. Um, Z, always uh, for bringing the technical. And thank you, Frank, uh, all our fighting fan words. Uh, God bless. Have a good week. Great. I want to thank uh, Bernard, especially because uh, he he always fills in for us whenever we need somebody. He's always a... A great uh, guy to talk to, and, and if you've ever met him, uh, you'll know um, he's, he, he just uh, exudes uh, um, professionalism is, like, is the best thing I could say, um, and I appreciate that. Um, the uh, uh, Z, uh, you're always prepared. Bob, you're always prepared. Appreciate it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, these programs are brought to you each and every night of the week in grateful appreciation to the men and women of the United States Armed Forces. The men and women police and fire services, and the men and women on the line, first line, first responders, the doctors, nurses, and keeping us clean from COVID. These programs are also dedicated to those who have lost their lives in the line of duty. Deputy Robert Anthony Carroll, Patrolman David Curtis, Patrolman Jeffrey Colcap, Sergeant Thomas Batinger, Patrolman Jeffrey Yazowitz, Detective Randy Bell, Detective Ricky Childers, 
San Diego Officer Mike Henler, Lieutenant Mike Zerba, Newcastle County Police, Patrolman Anafa Crisp and Lakeland PD, Chief Al Hogel, Longwood Key Police Department, Chief Jimmy Ford, Wilmington Fire Department, Highway Patrolman Alonzo Moses, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman Brian Murphy, Plymouth uh, Highway, uh, Philadelphia Highway Patrol, Highway Patrolman uh, <clears throat> Brian Murphy, Plymouth Township Highway Patrol, uh, Lieutenant Bob Neary, Philadelphia Fire Department, Sergeant Mike Wilson, Charlotte County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Chief Mike Godwin, Philadelphia Fire Department, Deputy Jonathan Scott Pine, uh, Orange County Sheriff's Department, Patrolman Robert Jermaine, Windermere, Florida Police Department, Trooper Chelsea Richards, Florida Highway Patrol, Lieutenant Joyce Craig Lewis, Philadelphia Fire Department, Patrolman Charlie Condit, Tarpon Springs Police Department, Hillsborough Deputy Chief, De- Deputy Sheriff Charlie Cotloff, Sergeant James O'Connor, Philadelphia Police Department, Sergeant Rodney Bond, Delaware State Police, Captain Chris Leach, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Jerry Ficus, Wilmington Fire Department, Lieutenant Ardeth Hope, Wilmington Fire Department, FDLE Special Inspector Vinny Galaccio, Delaware State Trooper Corporal Stephen Ballard, Kissimmee Patrol Officer Matt Baxter, Kissimmee Sergeant Sam Howard, Captain Matt Letourneau, Philadelphia Fire Department, <clears throat> Deputy Bill Gentry, Highland County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Clay Zerba, Clay County Sheriff's Department, Deputy Natalie Corona, L.A. County Sheriff's Department, Pasco County Deputy Sheriff April Rodriguez, Officer Bob McKetchen, Bluffton, Kentucky Police Department, Trooper, Trooper Joe Bullock, Florida Highway Patrol, Sergeant Brian LeVake, Hillsborough County Sheriff's Department, and Deputy Mike Malik, Pinellas County Sheriff's Department. My brothers and sisters, though, you may be 10-7 at this point in time, and sometime we'll be 10-10 at the table of the Lord. Until that time, may the rose rise up to meet you. May the winds be always at your back. May the rains fall softly on your fields and the sun shine lightly on your face. Until we meet again, may the good Lord keep you and your family always in the hallow of his hands. Good night, God bless, and have a safe week.